Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here. Absolutely, you are welcome. <laughs> um, that's kind of loud. Today we are um, accepting the men's offering. It's the Father's Day offering that we do. It goes to our men's ministry here in Wisconsin. Uh, June 25th, we have church maintenance and cleaning. So it's a church work day. At 8 a.m., come and be prepared to work. Um, there's a lot of different projects that we can uh, take care of here. Wednesday, June 29th, we have a missionary service. Uh, these brother and sister Cedra are regional evangelists to Eurasia and North Africa. Also, family camp. Be um, mindful of that. It's July 3rd through the 8th. If you can't go for the entire time, try to uh, go one day and catch some of the services there. Also, we are going to kick off our Move the Mission uh, offering. That is going to be due on August 21st. Now, Move the Mission is what we used to call Sheaves for Christ. So this is the offering that helps missionaries get vehicles, whether it's a car, a boat, or a plane. It's a way for them to move the mission on the field, however, it, whatever it's going to take for them to get to the people. Um, I know Benny DeMerchant is well known for having a plane that he got from Chiefs for Christ. So move the mission, be praying about that. That is going to be August 12th. Hallelujah. Oh, 21st? Sorry, I wrote down 12. I <laughs> transpose the numbers. <laughs> you can do it August 12th, and we'll keep taking until the 21st. How's that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad that I can lean on you. Lord, it's in you that I put my trust. Hallelujah. There is nothing to fear, Lord, when I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh 
Jesus. We do give glory and honor unto you this morning. Hallelujah. You are the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. It is because of you that we're here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering on a cross in our place, for saving us, for delivering us from our sins, for spilling your precious holy blood to remit my sin. Hallelujah, Jesus. I acknowledge today your sacrifice. I acknowledge today your love and your mercy and your compassion. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Heavenly Father today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. He's an awesome God, church. He's awesome. He's wondrous. He's glorious. And He's having a victorious day today. Praise God. I don't know how you're feeling this morning, but if God's having victory, we're having victory. Praise God. Praise God. And that's not just something preachers say to get a reaction. That's the truth. That's the truth. We don't always feel victorious. We don't. But we can't be victorious every day. Because Jesus is always victorious. He never fails. He never suffers defeat or setback of any kind. 
Nobody sneaks up on them. Nobody surprises them. Nobody gets them from the side. They see, he sees everything coming a mile away. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We'll read a couple scriptures here and then we can be seated. But before we do, Happy Father's Day. We are celebrating our fathers today. Amen. First uh, Samuel chapter four verse nine, and then we'll jump all the way up to First Corinthians chapter sixteen and verse thirteen. First Samuel chapter four and verse nine, and then First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. <clears throat> Amen. First Samuel four and nine says, "Be strong." And quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And then 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Amen. We're going to talk for a little bit this morning on this topic, Things Men Wish Women Knew. Things men wish women knew. Amen. And I know what kind of a precarious branch I'm crawling out on here. <clears throat> Pray for the service. Pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. We are so thankful for You, for Your so great salvation. We're acknowledging our fathers today, but we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge our Heavenly Father today. The Lord our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, for being our Heavenly Father. Thank You for loving us. Thank You for correcting us when we're wrong. Thank You for leading us to a place of salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that Your service would be... You would be glorified. You would be magnified. That Your will would be accomplished. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, before we start, I know it's customary for the servant to kind of berate us a little bit and, and chastise us and challenge us and tell us to do better. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll do just a little bit of that. But, you know, I thought about why that is. Why do... Why do preachers feel such a liberty to do that on Father's Day? But when Mother's Day comes, everything's all peaches and cream. Everything's like, oh, we love our mothers. And, and yeah, why is that? Well, I think, I think it's because, you know, men, we want, we just want things fixed. We don't. We don't, we don't need to, you know, get in touch with our emotions so much and, and uh, you know, talk things out as, so much. Uh, we, just, we just need to know what the problem is so we can fix it. And then, it, then it's taken care of. We don't need to talk about it now. It's done. It's taken care of. It's fixed. We can move on. So maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's why. We're just pointing out the, the problem so we can fix it. And then we'll move on. In any case, the archetypical man, 
Now, there are some caricatures of men that we are familiar with. Uh, one of them is the, the strong, brutish type. Very quick to anger, very aggressive, uh, acts first and thinks later, if at all. He just goes out there and, and does it. <clears throat> we don't think, we act. Another caricature is uh, the lazy, stupid individual who sits on his couch with a remote and just clicks all night, drinks a beer, and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's where the, the wife beater shirt comes in, you know, the dirty uh, white t-shirt, and uh, that's another caricature of men nowadays. The modern man, the sensitive, emotional type, they're in touch with their feminine side, compassionate, I'm a lover, not a fighter kind of person. But what's, what's, what's the biblical example? That's what we need to find out, isn't it? How are we supposed to be as a Christian man? <clears throat> now, as men, we understand there are a lot of personality types, backgrounds, experiences, etc. And there is some biblical guidance given as, as far as what men are and, and what men should be doing. But they all basically lead to the fact uh, we all need to be coming into a state of Christ-likeness. In fact, sometimes I think it might be distracting for us to keep focusing on the differences between men and women, although I'm going to maybe indirectly touch on some of them things today. But the ultimate goal for both men and women is discipleship, to become Christ-like. Ephesians 4.13 says, "...till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man." unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So if we are to be biblical men, all we really need to focus on is being Christ-like. There, that's all we need to do. Easy peasy, right? Now you know. Now you can do it. Of course, it's a little bit harder to do than to say. In fact, it's a lifelong struggle for all of us, isn't it? To become Christ-like. Now, having said that, there are some things about men that women do have a hard time with, just as there are some things about women that we men have a hard time understanding. Society does really focus on the importance of women, and there's no doubt that they are important. Nobody is minimizing that. Nobody is, is, is trying to say that women are not important. They are absolutely important. However, they are not all important. Men are also important in our society. Society, they try to minimize, marginalize, minimize, marginalize the importance of men in the family, at the workplace, in society. And there's a reason for that. God created men for very specific and crucial roles both in the family and in society, that women just aren't equipped to handle. Just like men are not equipped to handle the responsibilities and the tasks that women were created for. One is not better or more important than the other. They're both important and they're both necessary. 
Men are supposed to lead. And they're supposed to lead from the front. We are to example aspects of Christ. Women simply are not equipped to example. We example Jesus Christ to this world differently than women do. <clears throat> and we're supposed to example Jesus Christ to our wives, to our children, at the workplace, in our culture. We, as a church, have relied on women for a while now to set the example in worship and in prayer, to set the example in church attendance. I know it's true here. I think it's probably true generally in our nation as a whole that there are more women present in church than there are men. I think that's a tragedy. That's tragic. Why is that? <clears throat> yeah, there are all kinds of reasons for that. I don't have the time to go into it. Almost off topic. Today, I'm going to attempt to stand before you as an advocate for men. To you ladies. And I'm going to explain some things. And I'm going to try to be as transparent as I can. Okay? Now these are things that men will typically not talk about. They will not... Uh, there are probably some men that don't even realize that these things are true about themselves. Uh, again, because men are generally... There are outliers, of course, but generally... We're not as in touch with our feelings so much as women are. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that we like compliments too. <clears throat> now, when I say that, I know there are some men here that are... What do you mean by that? What are you talking about? <clears throat> we like to know, especially from our spouse, our children, that we're significant, that we matter, that we're valued, that we're doing a good job. You don't need to ask us all the time about how we feel and, and all of that, but just let us know, hey, I appreciated when you did the dishes. I appreciate it when you, when you fold the laundry for me. I appreciate how you go out every day and provide for this family. I appreciate that. Thank you. What that does for a man is immeasurable. It's huge. Because let me tell you something. As a man, we are we're hardwired When anything is coming against the family, I can take hits like that all day long. If someone's, something is, is coming against the family, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. But if I'm taking hits from behind, if I'm taking hits from my, my spouse or my kids, well, let me say it this way. We men, we don't have a lot of armor in the back. 
Okay? We're not very well armored there. We got all of our armor right here. If my family is falling apart behind me, it's kind of like the, the captain going down with the ship. What are you supposed to do with that? And if the man isn't rooted and grounded in Scripture, and he doesn't know how to encourage himself in the Lord his God, if we don't have the support of our family, chances are good we're going down with it. Because we don't know what else to do. We can, we can take the hits from the front. That's what we're built to do. And men, that's what you need to be doing. You need to be out in front. If the enemy is attacking, you need to be taking those hits first. That's your job. That's who you were created to be. But we're not built so much to take hits from our family, from our spouse, our kids. That hurts. And a lot of times we don't know what to do with that. Okay, um, <laughs> getting back to compliments. Compliment your husband. He likes it. Okay, next point. Just because we want to spend some time with the boys doesn't mean we don't love you. Okay? I told you, I'm crawling out on a branch here. <clears throat> okay, now let me, let me talk about this for just a moment. Men need time with men. Okay? I'm not up here apologizing for it. I'm just explaining that, that fact to you. Okay? Every once... Now, all of these points can be taken to an extreme. Okay? If your spouse is always hanging out with the boys and he's never at home, that's a problem. Okay? No doubt. But every once in a while, it's okay to let him go fishing with Cousin Timmy or with Uncle Joe or with the brother or with a friend. It's okay to do that. <clears throat> he needs to do that. We need time with men. Okay? That's just how we are. We can talk with men. We can <laughs> let our hair down. <clears throat> Figuratively for some of us. <laughs> But we can talk about men, and men can talk to us in ways that women can't. When a man is talking with me, like, okay, I have a good relationship with my brother, okay? We talk about things, and I talk to him, and he talks to me pretty straight, pretty up front. And we can handle that. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, talking straight. Um... But let your guy go every once in a while. He still loves you. He still puts you first. Okay, that's not an indication that, that you're being put to the side. You're on the back burner now. Uh, that's no indication of any kind. He just needs a little bit of time with the guys. Give him that and he's going to come back and he's going to be a much better husband for you. Okay, I promise you. Let him go do that. Let him go fishing every once in a while. I don't like fishing. But maybe your husband does. I like eating the fish. Let him go fishing and I'll eat. 
the fish. Okay. <clears throat> Here's another thing. We're not good at interpreting your hints. Okay? Maybe you figure that out by now. And this gets back to, to how we, we more appreciate just directness. When I was when I first entered the workforce after I got out of Bible school, I, I went to work in an office job. It was it was a good job. Uh, there were a lot of women there, very few men, and I struggled for a long time dealing with women because I figured they would just want me to tell them the truth. I figured they would just want me to tell it like it is, not being mean, not being stupid about it, just let them know so they can fix the problem. Little did I know, they did not appreciate that. They didn't want me to do that. And so I struggled for a very long time working with women. Once I got out of that, I started doing drywall, and I started working with men exclusively. I had to get used to that again. They would speak very directly to me. And, you know, for a little bit, I'm like, I'm confused here. <clears throat> but, you know, it didn't take me too long. Oh, this is kind of nice. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying. I'll take care of it. And I could speak the same way to them. They didn't get upset or, or offended. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Awesome. But we, we communicate a little bit differently. Women... They try to leave these subtle clues, and that probably works between women. But the clues, we don't... What are you trying to say here? What do you mean by that? Uh, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, but are you though? You don't sound fine. And these little subtle you know, hints and... and Women are much better at reading body language than men are, as a rule. They can pick up on those subtle, those subtle uh, micro-expressions and all of those. They can, they can tell when someone's lying, in general, better than a man can. And so, those subtle hints and clues, they were great woman to woman. But see, the man, generally speaking, we would prefer that you just tell us. Dude, you're dressing, that looks sloppy. Take care of your clothes. Okay. Okay, thank you. What's sloppy about it? Da, 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 da. Thank you. I'll fix it. Again, you don't have to be mean about it, but. <clears throat> but just let us know. The clues don't work in general. Just let us know. And we appreciate that. Don't feel like you're going to offend us. We won't be offended. We will be thankful. Okay. We don't always know how we feel or why we're feeling a particular way. Okay. Again, we are not always so in tune. Now, there are, again, there are exceptions. There are men that, that are very self-aware. Okay. And maybe I should 
take the time here to say that as men, we should probably work more on these. Okay? We should be more in tune with our feelings. Uh, I think that's just a good thing to be. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I angry when that guy cut me off? I wasn't angry last week. Someone cut me off. Why am I angry now? Well, there's a reason for that. It's, it's good to be a little bit more self-aware. But when you ask me, you seem down. Is everything okay? What's going on? Something awful may have happened, okay? But I haven't had a chance to process it yet. I haven't had a chance to think through it yet. Uh, and I'll probably, I don't speak for all men, but men that I've known, they like a little bit of time to just step back and, and work through some of that. <clears throat> it doesn't always help. I guess it does sometimes, but it doesn't always help to talk it out because we don't even know what to say. We don't even know where to start. When a woman encounters the same situation, boy, they can talk it out all of it. The unabridged version. And that's, that's okay. That's fine. But we can't always do that. Okay, we're going to need a little bit of time to process. And when we... When we're able to give you more than a, yeah, I'm fine. How was your day? Good. Good how? What happened? I mean, you spent ten hours at work. It's got to be more than good. No, I, I don't know what you want to know. It was good. I'm, I'm ready to get something to eat. Um... I got stuff to do here around the house. <laughs> but my, I know my wife, she wants every detail. And I don't even remember every detail. I, I don't. <laughs> it was nice when I worked at, at the command post in the Air Force. Because it was a... It was a position where a lot of top secret information was I was I was cleared and, and all of that was going on, so I couldn't say a lot about work. And boy, I appreciated that. <laughs> I could talk to you all night, honey, but I can't. I wouldn't have talked all night if I could. <laughs> but anyway. So uh Okay, that moves to the next point. Sometimes uh, we just need some time alone. We need some alone time. Uh, the man cave is a real thing. Okay? We've all heard of man caves. They go down. Maybe it's the garage. Maybe it's the office. Maybe it's somewhere else. But they go out there and they're going to putz. I worked for a farmer and... He'd go out in the he'd go out in the wintertime and he'd drain oil and filter it. Again. Tractor hadn't been used in three months. It's brand new oil. But he'd go filter the oil. So that's that's how he thought. That's he just puts around, bend out some nails. <clears throat> Doesn't matter really what you're doing. 
It's just, it's just time to decompress. It's time to work through things. It's time to uh, settle everything down. And I think this is another point, but men kind of process through doing. If you, if you, if you see two men hanging out, they're not sitting at a table face-to-face talking to each other. They're probably driving, sitting side to side. They're working on a car. They're fishing side by side. They're doing something. They're always doing something together. That's the preferred way for men to interact through doing something, a shared activity. Uh, So when the guy is going into the garage to do something, uh, he's going into the office to do something, Just leave him alone for a little bit. Again, if he's alone all the time, okay, probably an issue. But every once in a while, just let him go. He'll be, he'll come back. He'll come back better than he was before. If you try to keep him there, he'll yeah he'll he'll fight against that. Probably not uh, overtly, but he will fight against it. So, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying men can be stubborn. All right. We can more easily express our emotions through actions than we can through words. Again, Probably more of the things that we like to do more than speak. And there are always exceptions to this as well. But when we're in an emotional state, a lot of men will get angry. They'll throw things. uh, They'll go work out. They'll go do something. Expressing our emotions just sitting across from you and talking is very difficult. I don't know. I haven't done that kind of research, but I don't know if it's because that's how we're built or if it's because that's how we're raised or a combination of the two. But I know my dad, the only time growing up that I ever saw my dad cry was when one of our dogs died. And that was, he didn't know it. I was in my room in the basement, and we had kind of a little dry bar area there. And he came down and, and he sat down on a stool and he was crying. He didn't know I was in the bedroom. But other than that, I never saw, I got, I saw him get angry a lot. He got angry all the time. Never saw him cry once. I never really saw him express any positive emotion. Every once in a while he would. He'd laugh. <clears throat> so, just speaking personally, that's how I was raised. I knew a lot of that was wrong. I got into church. I, I read the scripture. I saw other men, how they interacted with their families. And I decided I was going to do better. 
I don't know how much better I did. Hopefully my children will pick up where I was able to leave off. But, generally speaking, your man is not going to get all weepy and he's not going to get all uh, teary-eyed in front of you and, and start spilling his guts about stuff. Okay? That'd probably be easier if we could do that. But a lot of times that's just... I don't know how to explain it. It's very difficult to do that. It's difficult to find the words. (laughs) But we can express it easily enough. So, if you wonder why, that's why. Okay, we build relationships through shared activities rather than through talking. Again, we kind of touched on that already. Uh, We like to do things with people. It's in the midst of those shared activities, those, those uh, situations that we do together, that we build relationships. And we can talk more easily, and we can express ourselves more easily through doing and sharing those, those activities than we could otherwise. Okay, this is going to surprise you, but the research is very conclusive on this. On average... Men are more serious about commitment than women are. How about that, huh? I'm glad you're all sitting down. Sometimes the research is showing up to 15 percentage points higher. Men value commitments more than women. Again, that may be our society today. That may be something else. But make no mistake. Your man wants to be in a committed relationship. We do. We want to know that we are in a committed relationship. We want to know that when worst comes to worst, you're going to stick with it. You're going to stay with us. Just like you want to know, we're going to stay with you. We need to know that. Now, there are a lot of areas that men are strong. And it seems like we don't really care about some situations. But make no mistake, I'm being transparent. That's one situation we most certainly care about. And if you want to wound us, that's the way to do it. Betray our trust. Please don't do that to your husband. Your husband wants to know more than anything else. You got his back. Your husband needs to know more than anything else that you're going to stick with him even when it gets hard. Even when he's completely screwed something up. We're going to screw something up. But chances are, it's we're trying to move us forward. We're trying to better the family. We're trying to do something for the family. And if we make a mistake doing that, anybody that does anything is going to make a mistake. 
if your husband's doing nothing at all, well, he's never going to make a mistake. But he's never going to do anything at all. So, let your husband make an honest mistake in trying to do something for you and for the family. If he doesn't feel that, if he's not assured of that, that's going to affect the relationship. That's going to affect how he responds to you, to the kids. That's going to, resp- that's going to affect how he does everything. You are the center of his world. I promise you that. You're the center of his world. And if if you back off, you just took a leg out from under him. It's not a mistake to say behind every great man is a great woman. That's the truth. Men are quicker to let go of bad experiences and move on than you are. We can process that differently. We can compartmentalize, whereas women have a very hard time with that. Again, the the corpus callosum, the the, uh, connections between the left and right side of the brain are very many times more pronounced in a woman than they are in a man. Because we don't have the connections you do, uh, there's not a lot of, oh, They said this word, which reminds me of this color, which reminds me of this dress, which reminds me of this circumstance. All like that. And then you're remembering something I said eight years ago that made you mad. (laughs) What? I don't remember anything that happened that year. But you remember the color of the dress you were wearing, and what I was talking about, and that made you mad. That's how a woman's brain works. Men, I'm sorry, ladies. We don't remember that stuff. We don't. Unless, unless you've got a very exceptional man. I'm not an exceptional man. I do not remember that stuff. I, it's, I, I have to trust her. I guess I believe you. I guess I did say that. I don't remember any of it. But we can move on. We can let those things go. That's how we're built. We can move on. We can process that and move on. Bad things happen. Let's learn from it. Let's move on. Women, not so much. When our children come to us, and they fell off the bike or they had their first heartbreak, <clears throat> the, the mom is more often than not likely to, oh, honey, I'm so, tell me about it. What happened? Oh, yeah, that's, that's really hard. That's bad. The dad more than likely is going to be, yeah, that, I remember my first breakup. Just put some time on it. You'll, you'll get over it. There's other people out there. <laughs> it, it, we're, not, we're not being unempathetic. We just, we understand that, I mean, it's happened to us. We've had our hearts broken probably at least once. 
We, we remember the process, but we got over it. We're still alive. I have all my limbs. I can still function. Uh, it's good. It's going to be good for you. Just you got to you got to work through it. And so I mean that's again we're not being unempathetic. We're just approaching it maybe from a different perspective. All right. Uh, I limited it to these. There were other things I could have put on here, but those would probably be more appropriate for a marriage seminar <coughs> than for a, a general audience. So, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, in conclusion today, understand. <laughs> no, sir, no, ma'am, not today. <clears throat> there are other differences we could talk about. But, uh, in conclusion, there certainly are differences, but those differences are there for a reason. The two of us together make a complete whole. That's how it was designed to be. That's how God made this thing to work. <clears throat> I don't have every personality trait that's necessary. Neither does my wife. But together we make a pretty good team. I can see the big picture. I can see abstractly. But the details, they kill me. They bog me down. They bore me to tears. I uh, I want to start something else. We got this going. Let's let's work on something new here. My wife is the exact opposite. She'll do details all day long, and she's a machine. She takes. She just does them. She just takes care of everything. And I so envy that. I so appreciate her when she does that. But together, we form a whole. It's perfect. It's wonderful. Amen. I found this poem while uh, looking at some of these things. I'd never heard this poem before, and I can't believe I haven't heard this poem before. This is, this is directed more toward a son from, from their father. Uh, it's a poem called If. And I know some of you have probably heard this before uh, by, I hope I pronounced the name right, Rudyard Kipling? Rudyard Kipling? Kipling. I know that's right. The poem goes like this. And this is talking about, uh, a father is talking to a son about what it means to be a man. And this isn't Scripture, of course, uh, but I feel like he borrowed a lot from Scripture in writing this poem. It goes like this. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting... Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master. If you can think, and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose 
and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve you your turn long after they're gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth, and everything that's in it, and, which is more, You'll be a man, my son. Amen. Let's all stand. If all of our fathers would please come to the front. We have some gifts that we'd like to pass out. One of the things I was going to include in this that I didn't mention, <clears throat> I think it's generally known anyway. Now, if you could turn around and face the congregation, please. One of the things that I didn't mention, most probably know already, is that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. We like to eat. We like to eat good food. And uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe at least warm. <laughs> so the, the the gifts that we have uh, are to Culver's. They're gift cards. Uh, Stephen's going to pass them out. Good job, buddy. You're going to have to eat it all in one place. Because it's uh, Culver's. No one else will take it. <laughs> Amen. As a congregation, I want us to pray for our, our husbands, our fathers. Amen. And uh, if your husband is up here, feel free to come up and pray with them. Show them your support. Amen. We're strong in a lot of areas, but we can get pretty weak when it comes to our wives, to our family, our kids. Someone on the street, someone at the workplace, they can talk to me in the rudest manner. And I'll be like, wow, that guy's got a serious attitude problem. But if my wife talks to me like that, I'm devastated. Amen. As a man, our families mean everything to us. We fight for them. We pray. We fast for them. We lead from the front. Amen. Let's pray for our fathers. Let's pray for our husbands. If they're not here, we can still pray for them. Amen. That God would bless them. That God would continue to speak and to work through them that God would minister through them. We didn't ask for this position. 
We didn't ask for the authority that God delegated us. Well, we kind of did when we said yes to our spouse. I guess we did say yes. But the position itself, the idea that the man would lead the house, that wasn't ours to decide. That was God's. So whether we like it or not, that's, that's where we find ourselves. Our responsibility now is to accomplish that according to the will and plan of God. Amen. Because the man has the responsibility, he has the authority, it would really help us out if you would respect that. And I know all of you here do. Maybe there are a few online maybe joining us that haven't heard this before. But it's a whole lot easier to lead when there's someone following. Amen. As our husbands and our fathers continue to lead from the front, we want to follow behind them. We want to support them. We want to let them know that we're cheering for them. We're rooting for them. We've got their backs. Amen. Let's pray for them now, can we? Lord Jesus, we pray for our men. We pray for our husbands. We pray for our fathers. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would continue to undergird them with strength, that you would continue to give them courage, that we would quit ourselves like men and fight, that we would not be afraid, that we would not fear the enemy, that we would not fear those that come against us, come against our families. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would minister in this place, that you would minister in our families, that you would arise and that your enemies would be scattered, that you would make us to become Christ-like, thou most high God, that we would properly and accurately demonstrate and represent you to this world to our families, to our spouses, to our children. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would give us mercy for those times that we have failed them, for those times that we have not demonstrated accurately Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to continue to do better, that we would grow more, that we would grow closer to you, more conformed to your image. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray that you would work in and through us, I pray, the whole counsel of God, the whole will of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. These are our men that we're talking about. Men that you have called, men that you have ordained to lead. I pray, Lord, that they would be found in the palm of your hand, that we would be enabled to encourage ourselves when necessary in the Lord our God when there is no one else, Lord, that we would turn to You, that we would turn to You, Thou Most High. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we would look to You, the author and finisher of our faith. Help us, I pray, as men. Help us, Lord Jesus, to lead our families. Help us to stand strong in the midst of persecution, in the midst of, of ridicule, in the midst of doubt and fear. Help us, Lord Jesus, to make proper decisions proper choices in the fear of God. Help us to always lead and rule in the fear of God, knowing that we also are under authority. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We've got to be submitted to as men. Help us to submit ourselves to your authority. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless our families, I pray. 
bind us together as one. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, men. Thank you, men, for leading, for exampling Jesus Christ to this world. Praise God. God bless you all. I assume this is for Brother DeMuth. Go start opening. The perfect barbecue recipe for a master griller. A master griller must have a good apron. Put it right there, guys. Right there where everybody can see it. To cover his clothes from some things that he will sure be sure to spill. He will start opening. Oh, yeah. He will need the proper utensils. He might need a knife, Brother Richard. For grilling and a food to give the appearance that he knows what he's doing. A master griller will definitely need to know his barbecue sauce. <laughs> Which brand actually tastes good. He will need sauce, a sauce bottle as a backup plan when he runs out and said, of said sauce and attempts to invent his own. Sister Becker, you need to help him. Because this is, this is for anniversary and Father's Day. So, yeah, 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 yeah. A master griller will never admit when something is too hot to handle, so he will always need to have a pot holder and, a, and an oven mitt handy. He knows that you can't barbecue without fuel for a grill, so he must make sure he has at least one good bag of pellets. A bottle of cleaner, a good brush, a grill cover will help keep his clean. <laughs> Every master griller knows that anyone in an enjoyable barbecue must include sweets of some kind. And so the Oreos. And I'm just going to skip right down to the... Uh, finally, a master griller knows that the grill itself is the most important item in making any barbecue. He knows that he will need the perfect grill. So, Pastor, if you would step to the back door, front door of the church... It's just, it was what was on sale. <laughs> if you'll step out to the back, if you will step out to the back tailgate of my pickup truck, you will find the rest of your gift. Y'all can follow him out there if you want. <laughs>